It's April 27th, 2014, and you're listening to the Architecture Happy Hour. I'm Laura. And I'm Larry. And it's a two-drink minimum, so grab your glass and let's get started. Well, I feel like we need to say welcome back, everybody, because it's been so long maybe we should reintroduce <laughs> ourselves gosh i know it just seems we, we were counting on our fingers because you know that seems the easiest thing to do we're like it's been almost six months or it's been six months yikes they probably have actually. forgotten who we are well i hope not that'd be terrible well we just got into the fall and as the fall tends to do it everything went into fast forward and craziness and yeah, oddly enough, a lot was happening, and suddenly we blinked, and here we are, and it's the end of April. And lots has happened, yeah. so we wanted to share all that has transpired get since you, we last talked. Get you guys <laughs> transpired. It sounds so so important. We'll just mostly get you caught up. Right. <laughs> well, the big thing for me was in beginning of November, James and I got married. Yay. So we ran off to New York and got married on a quickie weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Almost eloped, but had to tell people before we left. So. Yeah, it was a matter of, um, what, just a month or so? Uh, about three weeks between deciding and then doing, really, yeah. Well, and the reason you should share is that you wanted to duplicate <laughs> your anniversary that right. you have been celebrating for how many for millions of years? That was our 18th anniversary. So, yeah, we our anniversary is November the 3rd, and we decided in mid-October to go ahead and get married. And so we just all came together very fast. Because you didn't want to celebrate it a different it's an anniversary, anniversary yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. So that it's makes like sense. kind of weird. You know, oh, we've been together 20 years, but we've only been married for two years and it's on two separate dates. And I just get, and I don't know if that's an issue with straight couples. I, I mean, don't know. Do, do you guys think about like when you and Bob started dating then versus when you all got Yeah, it? I still remember our dating anniversary yeah. and then okay. our wedding anniversary. I bet Bob probably doesn't probably remember. Probably doesn't, yeah. <laughs> No. So, okay. Okay, but yeah, so. we, we wanted to try to make sure it, it all happened on the same day. So we pulled it all together, ran up to New York, crashed at our friend Will's apartment, and got married there. And and I wasn't able to be there, but I saw photos, and it looked yeah. beautiful. Yeah, fantastic. Yes. <laughs> and our friend Will's friend, the Reverend Yolanda, married us. <laughs> so that was kind of fun, kind of different. And my niece got to come from Albany, come down from Albany and oh, good. be there. So it was fun. So, yeah. And then on, on Laura's, on the other end of that spectrum, Laura is now how many months pregnant? Uh, I think we're getting into about four months. Four months. Okay. That yeah, about she, lines up when the whole podcast fell apart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she and Bob had been trying for a few months, and then finally it was like yeah, everything just magically happened. So I suppose that's how it goes. Well, you know. So, I mean, yes. But, yes, you know. made it through the first trimester without too much damage right. for the world and uh <laughs> yeah the office isn't too traumatized exactly <laughs> i'm still standing so that helps and right. things are getting back to normal so um but yeah expecting uh, a little boy and we're due in october yeah so we're really excited and we have our our uh, son is five will be six in august Almost. and so he's super excited to have a little brother on the way yeah so preparations are underway already. Well, and we were getting a little bit of deja vu because we found out Laura, Laura was pregnant the first time. The week we started working as a company and she had to fill out her insurance form, she's like, well, I, 
And I wasn't going to tell anybody, but I'm six weeks pregnant. And we're like, oh, no. Yeah, it was literally start a company, have a baby. Sure, why not? Let's do it both at the same time. It's all good. But it all worked out. <laughs> well, and, and Matthew will be starting kindergarten just about the time you're having yeah, number but, two. Yeah, but about, probably about four or five weeks before the little, the next one is due. So yeah. hopefully he'll be so busy and, and enthralled with his new kindergarten class that he just won't even notice that there's a new little person in the house. Yeah, I'm going to guess he'll know. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping it's not too distracting, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, at least it's another boy, not a, not a girl. So, exactly. You know, he has someone to play with now. Yes, I'm more excited because we don't have to now switch over to pink. Right. We've got all the stuff for the boys. I've already, you know, all of that good I stuff. I just got to convince Matthew he has to share. Oh, yeah. The sharing thing is going to be <laughs> interesting. But they're so far apart now that he'll have all his own stuff. There yeah. won't – until the baby starts crawling and grabbing and taking his little cars away and things like that, then then we may have some drama. But yeah, that'll be a while. Be a nice big change coming up. Yes. So we're excited. That'll be fun. A new, well, another little family member to the HPD family. Yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> well, and I got to, um, back in March, beginning of March, go to London, thanks to James. Yeah. Um, one of the, you know, we were saying things just got really busy in the fall. One, one of the things that happened was James start, suddenly started traveling. Every month he was in London for three weeks. And so it just became this craziness of, you know, he's out of town and, me doing all the stuff that I'm used to him doing, plus my stuff doing, and ah, kind of crazy. But you know, the offshoot of that was that at the beginning of March, when he was in London for six weeks, that I actually got to go there for a few days and and see as much of London as was humanly possible in five days. And we did pretty good. Yeah, we did pretty good. You know, he kept saying, "Oh, everything's just a short walk from the flat." Yeah, that's a lie. <laughs> but <laughs> a short walk there is a di- is different from a short walk here in Dallas. Right. Well, and he had been going enough that he was used to walking. Sure. So for him, everything was just a short walk. Well, after day number three, when my legs were just killing me, I'm like, can we take the tube somewhere, please? <laughs> uh, we, we were having a beer one afternoon or early afternoon, late evening, or <laughs> late afternoon, early evening. There we go. <laughs> How good was that beer? That was good beer. Yeah. And I was like, you know, there's just a tube station on the other side of St. Paul's. Why don't we just take that up to Soho instead of walking? Because it was going to be a, a hoof to get to, to Soho. <laughs> and he acquiesced and we walked around St. Paul's. But it was great because he was literally, it was leave the flat, walk out onto the street, hang a left. And it was 10 minutes to St. Paul's and another 10 minutes to the Tower of London. And take, you know, take a ride and you're 10 minutes to Trafalgar and another 10 minutes to, you know, it was... It really was theoretically a short good, walk. Good location. And yeah. I mean, it was a great location to be in. So it was a lot of fun. And the funny thing to me was to walk around and people are like, you know, they're just buildings. You know, for people who live there, they're just buildings. Right. You know, he worked with people who he said, oh, well, we went over to, to Westminster. And they're like, oh, you know, I've never been there. Like, and how they can, live and uh, work there? Yeah. How could you never go to some of these buildings? But for them, I guess it's just buildings. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of unusual. So, well, and then the big thing for us, for the office in general, was if you've been following the saga, you know it's been coming. It's finally happened. We moved. Yay. The move finally happened. (laughs) Right at the end of March, we finally, our lease ran out and we got our new space. And after a week of sort of basic torture, we 
got ourselves moved into a new office and we're getting settled and aside from a few minor things we're pretty much you know good to go i mean we're, yeah. we're, we've been working obviously since i think the tuesday after the move because we moved on a saturday by that tuesday we were up and desk were set up so we could work right at least the computers were usable yeah we weren't right. climbing over boxes anymore to get to our desk so that's yeah that was a big improvement but uh yeah a nice little office we have a corner and lots of windows and that's taking some adjustment. Yeah, that is the biggest difference is before all three of our desks were facing walls. Yeah. And now we're all three facing windows. So the the daylight alone, I'm sure my serotonin levels are just through the roof. It's fabulous <laughs> to see trees and yeah. see leaves and it's yeah. great. And we're, we're in a two-story building on the second floor. So we literally are looking out into treetops. So it's really great. And, and James made the comment something about like, you know, I would think it would bother you because you could see the sun going down. You knew it's getting late kind of thing And because I was up here late one night. And I thought, you know, not really because I can actually see outside. It didn't seem like a big deal. You know, when, you, when we're in the old office mm-hmm. and we're staring at walls all day, you don't know. It could be – frogs could be falling out of the sky and we wouldn't know Yeah, because you couldn't see it. So I think there's sort of a different vibe or experience to all that. So Maybe so. It kind of feels like we're up in a treehouse, which is cool. Yeah. So, so you won't hear us complain about having to, to get out or our, our um, landlord not communicating with us anymore. Although I don't think they realize we've moved yet. So <laughs> I've got to send them a nice letter Go by the way, just in case you were wondering. Yeah, so, here's our keys. Here's our we're keys. Out. We'll get all that settled out again. But yeah. Yeah. yeah so. so that was, yeah, that's a big deal. There's been a lot going on. Been a lot going on. But one of the things that's been really interesting architecturally that's kept us busy and we're seeing it in our market. I don't know that it would be something that's happening elsewhere. Um, one of the things that's that's happened in the last, I guess it's been the last year, mm-hmm. is the housing market in Dallas has gotten really tight. And I was talking with a realtor last Wednesday who said normally they have six to eight months housing stock and they're down to two. So they have enough housing you know, to sell to last two months and it's been crazy yeah every realtor i talk to says they've got buyers they just don't have sellers yeah so it's kind of tricky well and the house goes on the market and it's gone in a week right if that long for some cases so um we've had these clients coming to us who've been in that boat of well we've been looking and looking and looking and looking and we finally just gave up and decided well we can't go out because there's not enough room on the lot so instead why don't we go up and in the last four months i've seen four separate projects where we're looking at adding second floors to people's homes Mm -hmm. so we thought it'd be kind of interesting to talk about some of the things that you might want to think about if you're going to add a second floor so first off local guidelines this is kind of the boring part but pretty crucial because you want to make sure that you can actually do it that it's legal and approvable and permittable and all of those good things. And if there are any rules to guide you into how high it can go or what the dimensions are, square footage or whatever the requirements may be, that you find those out ahead of time before you start investing in design time and engineers and all that kind of stuff. Right. Well, especially if you've got a homeowners association too, that, you know, they can be pretty restrictive. And so 
how are they going to respond to a second floor suddenly popping up on top of your house? Well, and I know some HOAs only meet maybe once a month or once every two months. Mm-hmm. They may have a, an architectural approval board. Right. And so you've got to get on their schedule. And so it's really helpful to find out their schedule ahead of time to know, well, if we hurry up in three weeks, we can get on their schedule. Or if we miss that deadline, we've got to wait another seven weeks. You know, yeah. it could really delay the project if you miss getting on their agenda. So well, keep that in mind. Well, we talked to you about, you know, height restrictions for cities because every, every city has a height restriction on, on buildings. But some of the cities also have setback requirements. So the higher you go, the more the sides of the next floor have to come in. And it can be real tricky sometimes. It's this weird triangle thing that you're trying to calculate. And they actually had to do that on um, – it was actually a new building. But – the way the calculations were done, we were setting – suddenly the second floor was set back, you know, 10 feet at this point in the lot because it was close to somebody else's house. I mean, really weird, weird calculations that you had to make. So be aware of that kind of stuff. Yeah, get all those ducks in a row before you start designing so you right. know what your parameters are. Right. Yeah. Well, and then, of course, you know, as we always say, start at the bottom. So start with the foundation because you're going to have an, a lot of extra load sitting on top of the house. And most cities are going to require you to have an engineer's either, – either they're going to – you know, you're going to be doing additional drawings for the house, but at a bare minimum, most cities require you to have an engineer's written letter of approval that the existing foundation will hold what you're going to do to the house, whether it's pier and beam or whether it's slab. You've got to take that into consideration. Yeah, that second floor is not just going to float up there like magic. It actually <laughs> has to be able to, to be supported and, yeah. and think about it that – original foundation was never designed to hold a second floor so you right. really do you may have to go in and add piers yeah. or add some extra footings or whatever the case may be to make sure that it's whatever's underneath it's not going to move right well when we were doing tony and greg's last year i guess we finished up last year when we were doing their house it turns out that their slab had already had some additional piers put underneath it to kind of level it out again because we have horrible soil here yeah. in dallas and, so uh, things move all the time. <laughs> and so before they before they did anything, they had the guys come out and look, and they had to lift some of the you know, you know jack up some of the piers and do some shimming and stuff to get the floor level again. And discovered on one side of the house that they hadn't actually put in piers; they'd put in footings. And as they were trying to lift the slab over the footings, the footings started to sink. So they had to come in and actually take the footings out and put in real piers. So some some major rework on their slab, but that's what it took to get it stable enough for, for the second floor. And that's extra money, of extra, course. Mm-hmm, things you're not expecting. So, so, you know, with any remodel project, when you're talking about your budget, mm-hmm. you need to plan for that contingency because you will encounter things that you weren't expecting. So make sure that you've got a little bit of wiggle room to take care of those mm-hmm. things that will pop up. Not think, okay, I, I just need to drop $10,000 on foundation work. Which part of the second floor do I give up? <laughs> <laughs> right. That 150-inch TV now just got... <laughs> down to like down the to, iPad size. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't need a TV upstairs. Not exactly. <laughs> All right, well, so number three on our list is, of course, how do you get up to that second floor? And we're talking about a stair. Now, you can't just go and stick a tiny little spiral stair in a corner somewhere and think that that's going to pass the inspector. 
unless you've got a pile of money stuck under each of those treads <laughs> where the inspector will be happy. But no, there are codes and you have to have a real stair that's what, at least three, three feet, feet three wide. Three feet wide clear. Well, Typical whatever's the you know requirement in your jurisdiction. Yeah. But on average, I think we figured out you can't just stick a stair in a two foot wide closet, plan for at least three feet of clear space in that stairway. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you have to have framing on either side of that. So we calculated about three foot eight is what you have to have available with yeah. the framing on each side plus the open right. part of the stair. Well, and be aware, too, that, you know, your stair, you, you may think, okay, oh, great, we can just do a, a straight-run stair. And that doesn't always work. A lot of times you're going to – you don't have the space for that. So you're going to actually have, you know, instead of just three foot eight, you're going to have potentially double that because you have to turn back on the stair to actually get up to where you need to go. Yeah, I mean, we can get pretty creative with where we stick a stair, mm-hmm. whether you sacrifice a closet on on the first floor and move some uh, HVAC equipment or, you know, whatever the case is, we can get pretty creative, but you do have to take that into consideration. And mm-hmm. if there's not a good spot, then you may have to think about what kind of space you are willing to give up yeah. to fit it in. I think we even... Looked at one house that where we almost had to give up part of a bedroom. Yeah, we were looking at okay. Oh, it was it was um, one we're not actually one we're designing that's not actually a um, we're never building the second floor. It's a new home, but we're not building the second floor. We are building the house to fit the client's needs. But one of the things they want to be able to do is is make sure the house is prepared for having a second floor added should someone buy it. So we are essentially taking space out out of what would have been a pretty good-sized bedroom and, and turning it into a 12-by-12 bedroom so we can have the stair that goes from the sort of foyer where all the bedrooms meet. The stair comes up from there and around up into the attic. So I think that's what you were thinking about. I think so, yeah. yeah. I had remembered there was future planning mm-hmm. in that, even though it wasn't going to be built right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but you... you you have to get creative sometimes, but you have to be prepared that you're probably going to lose some space that you typically use. And, you know, part of the design process is just figuring out how to get that back. Well, and the nice thing, too, is if you can find a place to put that stair that makes sense, think about how that stair is going to function in the house afterwards. And and would that have been the logical place for that stair to go had this house been designed as a, with a second floor to begin with? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times you'll find really bad remodels where stairs are stuck in really weird places. <laughs> and it just you just know it's wrong. You yeah. just know that it was not meant to be there. And so the traffic flow gets strange and... Yeah. You know, kids are coming down in the middle of the dining room while you're trying to entertain and think, you know, it's just bizarre. So think ahead of, you know, where is your traffic going to flow? And if you're going to have the thump, thump, thump of little feet running up and down stairs, right. you know, do you want it directly over your media room where right. you're trying to watch really, you know, loud movies or something? Right. Well, and, and of course, too, it's an egress issue. So be thinking about that, too, while you're doing doing the stairs. Remember, you're going to have to have windows that you can get out of upstairs. So make sure you're you're paying attention to where that's that's kind of happening as well. The other fun thing on the second floor is bathrooms, and that's our fourth thing. If you're adding a bathroom on the second floor, you know you may even just a half bath. Depends on what your you know your program is. If you're adding bedrooms, you're going to have to have a full bath. That's just inescapable. But if you can try to line that plumbing up with either 
the kitchen that's down below or another bathroom that's down below or maybe the laundry room, something where you're not having to run 20 feet of pipe over from one spot to the other just for that one bathroom because it really escalates the cost. And it gets tricky trying to run plumbing between you know floor joists and ceiling joists. It's, it can be very difficult to do sometimes. Not that we haven't had contractors simply just cut the joist and you know leave them hanging in space Yikes. just to run the plumbing line through, but um, we try to avoid that if we can. Yeah, that's not so good. <laughs> uh, and then number five is, of course, everybody has junk in the attic, and we don't just mean your Christmas decorations or you know that scarecrow or the kids' clothes you know, from five years ago exactly. that you swore you were going to throw away but never did. Right. Yeah. Yes. Or in our case, old architecture models from school. <laughs> Do y'all still have those? No, but they oh, good. no, but they were in Bob's parents' attic for a really? long, long time. Yeah, wow. before they moved. Wow, how funny. <laughs> it's <really> embarrassing. <laughs> anyway, so generally junk in the attic, but what we mean is the HVAC, of course, you may have unless your ductwork runs under your floor in your crawl space and the first floor, you may have a lot of ductwork in your attic, which most of us do. So think about that because you will have to move all of that ductwork and run it in different ways. And you still have to leave room for ductwork to get from one side of the house to the other. Right. If it's, you know, even though you're sticking a second floor up there. The other thing, too, is electrical. Larry and I both have run into instances where the main panel for the entire house is on one side of the house and all of the electrical is running all right over the across, place. Yeah. yeah, right across the top of the joists in the attic. And it's a major hassle to have to rewire all of that. Yeah to put in the second floor yeah, you know, just to, just to accommodate that and and you'll see it and people do it but it suddenly you're you did you just double your electrical cost because you're suddenly right. rewiring not just the second floor you're rewiring the rest of the house right so it actually may be a good idea if you're considering the feasibility of adding a second floor is to go ahead and decide on your contractor and get them out there early mm -hmm. just to stick their head up in the attic and say what if you know, what are the major pitfalls that you could see causing yeah. us problems? Well, what do we have to be on the lookout for and, and what's the best, you know, is there a solution to this that won't require us to move every last bit of electrical? Right. And most things are are easily overcome or at least overcome depending on how much money you're willing to spend. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, if the more you can plan ahead for before you start, right. you know, cutting through ceilings and things, the, the better. And that really brings us to what is our sixth point. Wow, I can't say sixth for some reason. Nah, 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 nah. Sorry, I think it's the Benadryl. It's allergy season here in Texas. And woohoo, Larry's on Benadryl number two today. Great. <laughs> so anyway, so point number six, how's that? That's better. There we go. Please hire either a designer or an architect to really think through the design for the second floor. We obviously would prefer architect. Of course. But there are great <laughs> residential designers out there. But talk with someone who can look at the space and say, okay, how do we plan this so that the house doesn't look like the aliens came down and dropped a big box over the garage or a big box over the front of the house? And, you know, you're looking at it from the outside going, that's clearly not part of the original design for the house. And it looks looks exactly that way like they just came in and we we need an extra playroom for the kids yeah and that's what and you end up is. with on top of yeah the house. ideally you want somebody driving down the street going oh what a beautiful house not oh look at that addition mm -hmm. it would be best if it looked like it was an original 
part of the original design. Yeah. So sometimes it's not entirely possible, but there are ways to really make it feel part yeah. of, you know, with well, well, ways the, to do setbacks of the walls and, yeah. you know, changing of the massing and things like that. Well, and we go back to, to the homeowners associations. They may require a certain amount of, you know, particular type of material that, you know, the house has to be 80% brick or stone or something. So you might have to get a little more creative about how everything really works out. Well, and one of the things we've been playing with lately on the few projects we've worked on is the the proportions of the windows mm-hmm. and how they relate to the windows on the first floor. Yeah. And that can make a big difference so that um, it looks like it was part of the original yeah. design. Yeah, it, it isn't just a... A box with a window in the center of it. It's not some weird, you know, third cousin that came and, (laughs) you know, imposed themselves on the second floor. It actually looks like it was, you know, part of the original window package. Right. Well, and that's what's been been nice. Um, Doing Tony and Greg's, you know, their neighbors have, they have a good, pretty good neighborhood association. They're not real restrictive about stuff. But they all get together about once a month for a social or whatever. And everyone has been very... You know, oh gosh, guys, the house looks great. It looks so nice. You just didn't, you know, throw it up there. And because there are homes in their neighborhood where it's just the box added on. Mm-hmm. And people seem much more appreciative when they can go down the street and see that, oh my gosh, they really thought about what they were doing. And it looks really, you know, it really has some presence to it. And it's not just this giant thing. Yeah, you'll be able to stay friends with your neighbors rather than making them enemies if you yeah. improve their home value as well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the property values. So yeah. that's what's been going on here. I mean, it's it's you know, we've been busy and which has been good, but at the same time we you know, it'd be nice to have a little breathing room. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Now we we've actually had a really good last 6 months and it's nice to actually get back to podcasting. And, yeah. Sorry yeah. to leave you all in the lurch I know. for six like, months. That's terrible. I feel like we've just been hanging out there. And I think I got the October podcast posted in January, I think. Yeah. You know, but we're going to try to be a little more regular about this. And we um, we actually did record a podcast back in December with one of the contractors we work with. And we'll probably re-record that podcast because, because believe it or not, his voice is softer than mine. So we need to get him closer to the mic and bring his volume up just a little bit. But it was a, a fairly interesting topic that I think we'd like to, to re-record and, and share with you guys because I think it's very, you know, very valuable to not just the homeowners but to clients and architects because we've all had that same kind of experience. So anyway, so we'll leave that kind of hanging out there. Yes, clearly. <laughs> and um, we'll talk to you guys, I guess, again in May at some point. Yeah, enjoy the rest of the spring and yeah. as we buckle down and get ready for summer in Texas. Woo-hoo. It's already getting warm. Ah, <laughs> uh, pregnant in the summertime. Oh yeah, thanks for reminding me. It'll be great. You're going to be the next podcast you're going to hear nothing but the whirring of fans while Exactly. Well, yeah, because Larry made us turn it off today, but yes, you may get a different background noise yeah. next time. Or or it'll sound like we're in in a strange, you know, echoey environment because we're actually inside a walk-in cooler. <laughs> that may be, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, it's good talking with you guys again, and we'll talk again in May. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.